You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Hi guys, welcome along to this podcast. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And we got you fixed when it comes to your movies on this podcast as we chat with William Mullally about the latest coming out of Marvel. And also an actor who's going to be playing a young Dwayne Johnson in a TV series. We're also checking out the latest from Bollywood. And brunch is very much on the menu as we head toward the weekend with Mr and Mrs Brunch, courtesy of AJ. And do join me live, of course, each and every weekday on the show from 11 o'clock, Lunch with Lloyd, only on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yes, indeed, you are on this Thursday morning, and uh, as it's the weekend, of course, movies are on our minds. What are we going to be going watching this weekend? What are we maybe watching on our tablets and on our phones uh, this weekend? And the man to point is in the right direction. Once again, Mr. William Mullally um, joins us on the show. William, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very, very good, sir. And, um, well, it's it's a busy one. There's a lot going on in the world of movies at um, the moment. And uh, definitely, I- I'm going to go this weekend to go along and see the first Asian superhero in the Marvic- Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is Shang-Chi. Um, we touched on him um, last week. Uh, how's it gone at the box office for uh, Mr. Shang-Chi? Yeah, that's the thing. Remember, we left this with a question mark, not only, you know, in the OE, but worldwide. Because there was a lot of, you know, it, um, like questions that we had about whether this character that no one really knew would be able to connect with audiences overnight. Yeah. Whether people would be wanting to go to the cinema because all these other Marvel movies recently, like Black Widow, for example, had a, a, a digital debut in other countries, which affected, I think, the way people watched it, the way people viewed it. So Shang-Chi was the first time Marvel's this year has been like, okay, we're going to put this only in cinemas across the world all at the same time. We're going to debut this new character and just see if audiences come to get it. And it actually broke records in the U.S. It was the biggest um, opening weekend of um, Labor Day weekend in the U.S. and it's the second biggest opening of the year. And here, it, you know, huge number one, um, 73,000 people went to go see it just in the first three days. Um, so it's a huge, huge hit here in the UAE. People are really, really loving it. So the feedback has been tremendous, and it's turned in, I think, in a, in a lot of people's favorite Marvel movies, um, at least in recent memory, but possibly of all time. Let's have a listen to the trailer. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. You can't run from your past. So there's the uh, the trailer, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, William, you've been speaking to uh, some of the cast in this film. So uh, what did you find out? So let's hear from Shang-Chi himself first, Simu Lu, who I think has overnight become a star. I think and he's also, he just feels so at home in this you know great martial arts film. There's a few sequences at the beginning of this film to the, the middle where we have um, just Simu really, I think, holding his own 
against the best that we've seen in um, Marvel history. Like, really, I, I, and not only Marvel history, but also martial arts history. I think overnight he's become a star who um, really has, you know, become someone who's going to not only have his place in the Marvel Universe, but also just across cinema. I think Simo is instantly a star. And, you know, when we spoke about how he grew into this role, it was really a, a matter of battling the anxiety of feeling like he doesn't belong, you know, battling the imposter syndrome of being like, okay, can I really be an action star? Can I really be um, a martial arts hero? Can I really do all of these crazy stunts? Can my body hold up to this? He's never done anything like this before. Um, his, you know, his film credits have, are really, really sparse. He's mainly been, you know, a sitcom actor in Canada. But, you know, he really pushed himself up to the challenge and delivered something great. And I think he put his heart and soul into this, as you'll hear in what he told me. And going into this process, I was, I was somebody that was intensely nervous and anxious and wanted to prove to himself and the world that he could do it, that he was up for the challenge. And I think, it, you know, I, I think people felt that energy on set. And I was, you know, very, very eager. But at the same time, I think I, I, I was just very, like, adamant to prove that I could do something and you know that that's definitely a sign of of more than anything of anxiety whenever you see that trait in people right and and I was no different I think what's really changed after you know coming through on the other side is a sense of accomplishment as a as a performer in knowing that you I have not only do I you know I, I no longer have to prove that I can do it because I did it and there, there's a real, like a, a sense of pride, a sense of, uh, of accomplishment and, and just kind of like self-satisfaction of being like, I'm going to be okay, you know, Go, going into this first Hollywood role and having it be one of this magnitude was a, a challenge for a lot of reasons, least of all being that, you know, this is one of the most action heavy movies in the MCU. And a lot of that action is done by real performers rather than any sort of CGI. Um, you know, it was, it was exhausting and there was a lot of grueling hours, but, but it was one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life. I learned so much and became more sure of myself as a person, as a performer. And um, yeah, it's just, just a, a joy to come through on the other side and to be able to share it with the world. So I certainly rose to the challenge there, did uh, um, uh, Simu Lee, uh, William. Uh, you also caught up with uh, Fala Chen. Yeah, so Fala Chen plays his mother in the film, um, Liku Wu who really, I, I think we only see her in flashbacks, but what she does deliver to the film, I think, just brings so much grace and heart to it. And she has some really standout scenes with, to me, who's the real, you know, um, highlight of this film, and the greatest thing though is, to me, Tony Leung, who's just one of the, you know, greatest actors of, you know, Hong Kong cinema history, Asian cinema history, and probably of all time. He's just tremendous what he's been able to bring to, um, you know, the films of Wong Kar Wai, which is, you know, Chunking Express and The Move for Love, what he's been able to bring to, you know, action films like Internal Affairs. He is just a force of nature. So the fact that he was in this movie at all, to me, is a coup. But the fact that he brought such a nuanced and amazing performance is also just tremendous. And, you know, Fala, really, I think, in, in working with him, um, was really able to, to capture a very, very special chemistry that I think you can only build with someone like um, with Tony, and I, I think to her, she really um, took in the gravity of that and really, I think, elevated her own performance in, in working with him. Tony being Tony, you know, is it's just so amazing to be around. And he naturally has this, I don't think naturally, I think he really, like, 
meticulously thought about and, and planned and designed it because he I, I I witnessed how hard he works. Um that it looks so easy and natural to him. But it you know, the character Wen Wu is actually so different from who actually like the actual Tony is. Um so there's definitely a lot of you know acting work involved. But at the same time, um he he just never stopped being, you know, thinking and being immersed in his character, especially when he's on set or even, you know, offsets. And he he just was constantly talking and asking me about his character and our, you know, our scenes or even like a particular line that we already filmed it like, you know, a, a week ago. And he's still like thinking and talking about it. Um, it just goes to show how focused he was um, during this whole filming process, and I, I definitely really admire him for that. That's Fala Chen then, uh, talking about uh, working with the veteran actor Tony Leung. Uh, thank you, Aruma, for your message. I'm in two minds on whether I want to watch Shang-Chi. I watched Wonder Woman based on the rave reviews, but it wasn't my type of a film. Likewise, Black Panther. I need to get my head into a Marvel universe before venturing into the cinema to see this one. What would you say to that, William? film is that I think it's a Marvel Universe film, probably third on the list. First of all, it's a family drama about uh, a kid who was raised by a, a, you know, this criminal mastermind who stepped away from that world and went and hid out as a normal person, but then is pulled back into an to confront his father and the history of his family. It's a martial arts film, second, which has some, you know, really amazing you know, physical fight sequences and, you know, gorgeous imagery. And then probably somewhere down the line is also a Marvel movie. So I, I think if that sounds like your cup of tea, I think it's easier to get into this because it doesn't feel like a superhero movie really at all. Sure, yes, we do get into some fantastic elements. Sure, there are you know, powers of some kind you know, brought by the, the Legend of the Ten Rings as in the second half of this title. But I do think that, you know, first and foremost, it's, it's about family, it's about martial arts, it's about Asian culture, and it's about these great performances. So I, I think it's probably one of the more acceptable films in the Marvel canon. Excellent. Okay, so uh, that's doing rather well at the box office. Uh, Shang-Chi still showing in cinemas. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. We're in conversation with William Mullally, our movie critic on Lunch with Lloyd uh, today. We've just been talking about Shang-Chi and uh, Aruma. Thanks for your message. Uh, you want to say, uh, thank you, William. You've sold me. I will go and watch it. So uh, you've done your job there, William. <laughs> well, I just hope that they enjoy it um, and they you know, find something to, to, to connect with in the film. I do think there's a lot in there. Now then, uh, we're moving on to something called Young Rock. Now, here's the trailer. Wayne Johnson for the 2032 U.S. presidential race. Are the people ready? They are not ready, but they need to see it. <laughs> right then. So, Young Rock, tell me what this is all about, William. So, uh, you know, Rock has a great story. Literally, I remember being 12 years old and reading his biography <laughs> called The Rock Says. And just, you know, I've always, you know, had, a, I think, a, a connection with him as you know, a wrestler and as, as an actor. But I think it was that story of his, you know, this crazy backstory of um, this you know, home growing up and all the struggles that he went through in order to become the person um, that he is, I think always deserves a retelling. And here he's, uh, you know, teamed with, you know, some of the best names in um, sitcoms to, to bring that to life, both with, you know, heart and with humor. 
Um, and I, I think Young Rock has been a show that I think has caught a lot of people off guard. And I think um, with Nanatra Khan, who's the creator who also did, you know, Fresh Off the Boats, Interested to Be in Apartment 23, the Netflix film Always Be My Maybe, I think it's kind of a perfect partner for him. But really, I think it's sold by, you know, getting into different parts of his life and seeing, you know, who he was growing up in the world of pro wrestling, who he was, you know, trying to become a professional football player in the United States. And um, all of this is being told from a future in which The Rock is running for president in the 2030s um, and doing interviews and telling stories of his childhood. But um, to me, I think the best part is, you know, that the actors were able to, to capture his spirit. And I, I think the best of the, the lot is we played him from the ages of 18 to 20 in Uli Latikefu, who's also, you know, Pacific Islander, who grew up in Australia, and I think never dreamed that he would ever be able to become The Rock. Um, and, you know, embodied Shane Johnson, embodied that spirit, but he's done such a standout job that he's also going to be in the upcoming film Black Adam. So, you know, but when The Rock finds someone that he can really connect with, he brings them along on his journey and he sticks with them. You know, as we've seen with, you know, Kevin Hart, as we've seen with um, now, you know, um, Emily Blunt with the um, Jungle Cruise films, and I think Uli is going to be you know, in the, the Rock's films from here on out. But, uh, you know, what he does in, in Young Rock which is, you know, streaming now on LSN, I think is really, really great. And for him, I think not only a dream come true, but something he never even imagined could happen. You know, when he first heard about the show, he knew he had to be involved, but he didn't think that he could ever be able to play The Rock, um, as he told me when we spoke. I didn't really, to be honest with you, I didn't think that I would be able to play him. I, I, uh, I don't know who I would play in this series, but I felt that I could play, I could be in this show. And then... Um, I mean, obviously, since then, there's a lot of similarities between Dwayne and I. We're both from Pacific Island heritage. He's from Samoa, I'm from Tonga. And in Hollywood, you know, it's a very rare thing to have uh, an opportunity to play someone so close to your own culture. So that was, a, that was a, something that I was obviously attracted to. Um, but I think, uh, you know, uh, we, we kind of carry the same spirit in a lot of, in a lot of ways. We just want... Um, not only to achieve the best that we can for our, ourselves, but also see other people reach their full potential. Sounds like perfect casting, uh, that one, uh, William, um, both from, you know, the same part of the world. Yeah, and he's also got, I think, a tremendous story which revealed to me. You know, he was, he didn't even get it. It wasn't like one of these guys, you know, grew up on uh, Australian sitcoms and uh, soap operas, etc. He was a at-risk youth, you know, from a really poor part of town who had gotten into a lot of trouble who had, you know, had run-ins with the law and really just didn't really have any hope for himself. And then he went to this camp for, for at-risk youth, and they had a drama program there. He decided, okay, maybe I'll try it out. And he connected with something. He was able to, to build a career off that. And, you know, I think he always knows who he was and what brought him to this place. And I think that story is, you know, really, really powerful on its own. And I don't think he's ever forgotten, you know, where he came from and how he's getting there. And I think that's also able to help him and connect with um, Dwayne Johnson's story. And, you know, I, I think it was the moment that you know, he told his mom what he wanted to do, that he knew that he was doing. He was on the right path. And, and it's such a crazy thing, particularly at that time for, in Australia at least, guys from my background don't really get involved in acting. It's kind of like... What's that? That's a weird kind of thing. You know, it's, it's kind of this career option for the others. 
you know, maybe someone else who grew up doing drama at high school or something, but for it to be a career option is just a crazy dream. And, it, you know, it's not really something that we would ever entertain um, until I told my mom that I, I really want to go to drama school. And she probably thought, oh, this is the first time I was seeing him kind of going with some conviction about some direction in his life. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely blessed. I'm, I'm really just enjoying the process. And, um, you know, fortunately being able to put food on the table for my, myself and my family. So, Good for him. And uh, certainly looking forward to seeing that young rock, uh, very much uh, involved in it, of course, is Dwayne Johnson. Where can we see that once again, William? So it's only um, streaming on OSN. So I, I, I think you would really enjoy that show in particular. You know, yeah. Diving into the, the world of wrestling, into the world of, of Dwayne Johnson, I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, another couple of movies very quickly, The Card Counter and Don't Look Up um, showing this week. So The Card Counter, I think, for me, is the most anticipated film of the fall in a lot of ways um, because it's the latest film from Paul Schrader. So this brings down, you know, Oscar Isaac... Tiffany Haddish, Kai Sheridan, into leading roles, but to me, the stars behind the camera. Paul Schrader is one of the signature voices of American cinema. Really, I don't think there's anyone like him before or since, and I think he's also, you know, still at, at the peak of his powers. You know, he was the writer of Taxi Driver, the writer of Raging Bull, so a constant collaborator with Martin Scorsese, and you know, he was able to direct some masterpieces himself, um, including Blue Collar um, with Harvey Keitel. Um, you know, the remake of Cat People, which is very underrated. Um, really, just uh, Mishima, just tremendous, tremendous films um, throughout his entire career. But when he did First Reform with Ethan Hawke a few years ago, which I think caused a resurgence in, in people recognizing that he's still a really powerful actor. And here he's actually re-teamed with Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese is producing this film, um, and they are really, I think, capturing a kind of taxi driver-esque spirit. So if there's fans of taxi driver out there, I would definitely make an appointment to go see the card counter this weekend with Oscar Isaac because I don't think Paul Schrader. Yes, he he, he has his foibles, but I don't I don't think he ever delivered something that wasn't you know worthwhile. And from all the reviews which have been raved so far, this is you know one of his best films that he's done in a long, long time. So I'm really excited to see that. Excellent, William. Um, that's the car counter then opening this week. And, uh, of course, um, uh, the big movie, the Marvel movie, um, Shang-Chi. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, William. We'll catch you again uh, next week on the show. This is Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Thanks for your messages coming along. Priyanka, I was top of the class in French, but absolutely terrible with the chemistry. Uh, Lloyd, in high school, I was good at physics and maths. Um... Because uh, even without the pressure of studying, I managed to pass my exams. And Pega, I was good at art, physics and chemistry, absolutely terrible at algebra. So uh, tell me what you were good and what you were bad at. And um, we've got uh, our Bollywood princess, Sneha May Francis. <laughs> John. What were you good at at school, Sneha? Oh, my God. I was <laughs> dreading this and I was hoping you would just bypass this. But no, no. Yeah, well, English. Yeah, yeah you're good at English. Yeah, yeah but when I look back, I felt... You know, now I, I appreciate history a lot more. But okay. back in the day, that was one subject. Yeah. I just, it was too much for me. But I think the 
the way they taught us was quite yeah. dry. And I yeah. feel like you look at all these documentaries on Netflix and Amazon Prime and you're like, wow, mm. history is so fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's how it's taught, as you say. Anyway, keep your messages coming in, guys. Your strongest subjects that you excelled at and your worst ones as well. You could be winning some great prizes as we get into some Bollywood. Sneha, um, you watch something called Comedy Premium League. Is that right? That's right. Let's have a listen in on it. and four teams give you hundreds of jokes over multiple comedy formats. This, this clearly looks like LA. It is, it is Kora Mangale. It's a show that does not only tickle your funny bone, it fractures it. <laughs> fractures your funny bone. Did it fracture yours, uh, Sneha? And judging by the expression on your face, I don't think it did. I like the confidence of the trailer, though. It's just yeah. promising you a fracture, if you, if you may add, but mm. did nothing. Nothing for you. Nothing forget. Nothing at all. Forget fracture. It didn't even tickle me. <laughs> so uh, for me, it was highly disappointing. And this, Mark, I you know, f- for a scene which is about stand-up comedy and India has kind of evolved now. There's mm-hmm. so many, you know, celebrated names, p- people we follow on Instagram and, you know, kind of follow their journey. And here they are, some of the brightest, most celebrated names all on one platform. Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, why? Why doesn't this work? Because the format is, is, it's like a competition. So it's one-off, yeah? Mm-hmm. But you feel like it's all rehearsed. There are no laughs despite the rehearsals. And these are really <laughs> brilliant guys. And you think like, where did they go wrong? It was just all floss and, you know, gloss and just no laughs. Mm. I was just sitting there and I, it was so bad. And, you know, I, I was telling this to a friend. It was so bad, but I watched every episode. Because I was like, okay, at some point, will it elevate? But it never does. And... In fact, some of the criticisms online are quite harsh and I kind of agree with that because all of them come with their, you know, millions of followers and there's a YouTuber uh, who's kind of hosting the show. So, mm. you know, it's it's almost like the the online streaming platforms like, you know what, we need to make those numbers this, this uh, yeah. term. So let's just get all these guys. We'll get their followers to watch. And the format was so, I feel like so twisted because okay, guess this is a pandemic. So they have probably 10 or 20 people in the audience who, who vote these guys to the next stage. And it just feels like performances that you actually think that, ah, oh, this one could do it. The audience is just not even voted right. So you feel like cheated. Mm. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it sounds like a bit of a flop then, that one. Not Pesa Vasool. No. Not Pesa Vasool, Mark. Right then, uh, <laughs> let, let's move on to something else. Um, what's this Mumbai Diaries 2611 sound like? This is Bombay General Hospital. Delhi करीब 100 से ऊपर केसेस आते हैं यहां हाई फीवर से लेकर गनशॉट्स तक कुछ भी हो सकता है यहां बातें कम काम ज्यादा तुम दिनों मेरी वेट कर रहे हो यस सर आपके रेजिडेंस लेट्स गेट टू वर्क हमारे सूत्रों के अनुसार यह एक टेररिस्ट अटैक है अल सोटर में भी अटैक हुआ है अनन्या की कोई खबर Everyone, stay calm. Mama, please leave. The police are chasing the 
जो तुम अपने आप को समझते हो ना उससे बढ़ के हो फोकस So there it is Mumbai Diaries sounds very dramatic. Very intense, one? right? Yeah, it yeah. does. So this is a medical drama. Who doesn't like a medical drama? Again set um in 2008 when you know the massive terror attack in Mumbai as we saw Mumbai yeah. crumble. Yeah. So many places in the city that was under attack and I remember I was here in Dubai and we were watching it we were just hooked you know watching yeah. it uh, on the television as the terror unfolded. So this is a look at a hospital and what kind of happened there you know there were lives that were being saved so you know mm. there's a drama that unfolded that not all of us are aware of the focus was obviously on what happened with the terrorist but this is looking at the human side of what happened in a particular hospital so this is eight episodes long dropped in just today so okay so it's super hot, hot. hot yes. off the press <laughs> yes and this is something that will keep me occupied this weekend i think it will and uh, by the sounds of the trailer it it sounds like it's um it's really going to do that do the job is that one over the weekend yes, uh, fingers got, crossed yeah we got one more to <laughs> talk about and uh, this is something that's in cinemas now um how do we pronounce this one oh um let's try mark i'm i'm thinking both of us will give this a shot this is called talaivi talaivi jaya wo film wali hame batayegi राजनीति कैसे की जाती है ये मर्दों की दुनिया है और हम एक औरत को आगे करके खड़े होंगे उन्होंने जया को ही उनकी उत्तराधिकारी मानकर स्वीकार किया है मास्टर रेडी क्लैपिंग स्टार्ट कैमरा Okay, Talavi is um, the title of this one. Uh, what do we know about it? It's in the cinemas. Oh, great, right. So finally Can I have a day out. Yeah, day out, get the popcorn. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know how long it's been since I've been to the cinemas. Yeah. So yeah, this one looks really exciting. But this is a biopic from Bollywood. So you know how Bollywood's so uh, fascinated by mm. biopics. But this story is about a politician named Jay Jay Lalitha, one of the most flamboyant controversial politicians from the southern indian state of tamil nadu so she um it was an extraordinary life with lots of ups and downs as you know given for any politician but for her the the reason why she was extraordinary is that the tamil nadu politics was kind of dominated by men and here she was this young charming girl with a great command over the the english language who became an actor at a very young age went on to do i think hundreds of films and then she got associated with mgr another politician um and then they set up the this um, political party called the aiadmk she grew with the party and then she became the face of the party for years okay. she was one of the most uh, celebrated chief ministers of the state so it's interesting to say see how this kind of pans out my only hiccup is again this is multilingual uh, the format or the language of the film because i for me i think i'll watch it in tamil because again this is a tamilian leader i want to see you know i don't want anything to be lost in translation okay the plus again is kangana ranaut she's a really celebrated actor and she has gone through some amazing body transformation and you know it's it's interesting to see that they go to that length uh to play a character so that's great but having you know said this before the ups and downs Let's hope they give the controversies just as much weight as to how great she was because I don't want them to portray her as just wow and 
I was in Tamil Nadu. I studied. I did my masters in journalism in Chennai. Okay. And she was a chief minister at that time. And yeah. she's very fondly known as Amma. Amma means mother. That's how everyone would refer her yeah. uh, to her as. And it was just fascinating to see everyone bow and just you know like kind of salute in front of her. So she she had that kind of aura, mm-hmm. but. Let's hope that the filmmakers just don't go all out and just, you know, make it a very happy ending kind of story. I want it to have some gravitas. You, you know? want the warts and yes. all, don't you? Yeah, we yeah. want the ups and downs. Yeah, Give ups everything and downs. to us. <laughs> but I think uh, that's going to be, by the sounds of it, pulling a lot of people into yeah. the cinemas, I think. I think that's, that's a really great film to actually get back into the cinemas, if you ask me. Absolutely brilliant, Sneha. Uh, I think I might even take a look at that one. Um, <laughs> Great to have you on the show as ever. Have a brilliant weekend. Thank you, Mark. And sorry you weren't that good at, you know, some of those subjects in school. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> this is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Lunch with Lloyd through two o'clock um, this afternoon. Thanks for all your messages. And uh, it's time to uh, head out uh, for some good food at the weekend. And AJ, Mr. Brunch, is joining us on the show. A very good afternoon, AJ. How are you doing, man? I'm very good, thank you very much, Mark. And I have to say, congratulations to you. 30 years in radio. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's been a long journey, but a very interesting one, let me tell you. And I really do appreciate that, uh, AJ. Um, A little bit of homework for you as well uh, for this week. One of our listeners uh, messaged in, uh, Lisa, saying, could you ask AJ to research um, Halloween? brunches so um you know um uh, if you can uh, come up with something a little bit closer to the dates that will be fantastic yeah no problem i mean i've definitely come up with lists closer to the date but off the top of my head i know candy pants always do um something really great for halloween so do mcgeggins and, and wonderlust three off the top of my head but closer to the date i'll give you some uh, confirmed Halloween brunches for sure great stuff right then i believe we're heading out to the points for our first brunch today certainly are yes um, and we've talked about this restaurant before, but they've changed names and they've changed. Uh, uh, it's the same name. It's called CMP. Uh, they used to be called Chicago Meat Packers, but they've shortened the name and uh, given it a bit of a, a spruce up. OK, Chicago Meat Packers CMP, as it's been rebranded. Um, what's the style here? What kind of food are we going to get uh, get at the point? Uh, really, their, their focus and their ideology is just simple, done right. So the, the focus of their Saturday brunch is all about the eggs, and it's called a hangover brunch. But this this Friday brunch is a little bit more party, but uh, it's a three-course, uh, and you have the choice of five appetizers, things like uh, shortbread benedict, and they've got crab cakes, they've got uh, beef fillet carpaccio, salmon tartare, and smoked beets. Um, and then the main course is, is really great because you get to choose two items that are, I wouldn't say tapas style, but slightly last courses. So things like boravors and uh, Angus New York strip loin and uh, cauliflower steak, if there is any uh, vegetarians or vegans out there, um, and oyster mushrooms and, and smoked brisket. So really, really delicious food, simple, done right, uncomplicated with lots and lots of flavour. Sounds really good. Um, I like the sound of this one for sure. I mean, when it, when it comes to the pocket, what are we looking at? Uh, so the soft uh, soft package, rather, is 250 dirhams. Uh, the house package is 350 dirhams. And sparkling is 450 dirhams. And that's quite a long one. It's Fridays from 1 till 5 p.m. Okay, nice place to get started. Uh, now we're off to a place called Goose Island. Yes. It's like something uh, out of a treasure, treasure chest film or something, doesn't it? It is, yeah. Goose, yeah Goose Island. It's actually uh, an award-winning brewery uh, from Chicago, which is um, a place I used to live for a couple of uh, months, actually, many, many moons ago. 
Um, they've got a famous uh, hop house brewery there called Goose Island, as you uh, might suggest, and it's, it's landed home in the five JVC. So it's a it's an old house brewery, but done with a really modern, funky style with a bit of a five uh, twist on it. Okay, um, so when it comes to the brunch, what can we expect at this one? Uh, so it's a, it's a really large, well-designed gastropub space, but they, they start off with a uh, full English breakfast, and, uh, and yes, they do have a, a special license to serve all kinds of meat with that, um, and that's paired with things like Bloody Marys and mimosas and, and, and lots of things just to get the vibe started right. Uh, and then, they, then you can choose from lots of men, uh, menu items from that a la carte menu. Uh, they've got things like a dirty burger, which is laden with truffles and onions. Uh, they've got chicken wings, chicken dogs, sliders, um, loads of short ribs, salmon. The, the, the food there is actually really delicious. We went there last Saturday. Um, but you can also uh, play, they've got something called Goose Jenga, where you've got chance to, it's a large version of Jenga, essentially, yeah. um, where you can uh, win free brunches and overnight stays. They've got pool tables, they've got pong tables, and they've got a golf simulator that you can play on any course around the world, so I'm told. Okay, um, sounds good. Um, let's, get, uh, let's get the figures on this one. Uh, this one is Fridays from 12 till, uh, 12.30 till 4, and the regular package is 3.75, and sparkling is 4.75. Cool. We've got one more to look at uh, over at the Dubai International Financial Centre, uh, the Hutong Imperial Brunch. What do we know about this? Uh, so this is, and I really, really, I must say, I geeked out on this one because it's one of my favourite restaurants um, in terms of Chinese and Mandarin food. And they've got uh, restaurants all over the world in places like uh, the Shard, and they've got one in Hong Kong, Miami, New York, and of course now uh, the IFC in Dubai. And this place is known for its spicy food. It's it's roast duck and it's dim sum. Yeah. Um, they are launching a brand new brunch concept actually next week. And it's called, um, it pays homage to the Manchu Han Imperial Feast. Now, bear with me on this one. Uh, so the Manchu Han Banquet, it used to comprise of six banquets over three days and over 300 dishes. So it's unbelievable. They had so many delicacies and they included things like uh, camel's hump, bear's paws, monkey brains, apes lips, leopard fetuses, rhinoceros tails, and deer tendons. Oh, dear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know, it Bit odd. Appetizer, does it? Uh, but luckily, none of that's on, on the menu. Uh, but the grandeur of the serving dishes and the ceremony remain here. So, you know, you've got things like your wild mushroom and truffle, truffle bowels. Obviously, I've mentioned the duck before. Um, and they're really famous for their Szechuan spices as well and soft-shell crab. So really delicious food. Sounds good. Um, brand new at DIFC. What are we looking at uh, in terms of, um, of, of money there? Well, it's, it's so brand new, they haven't actually set the, set the price for it. <laughs> okay. So give them what you want. <laughs> yeah, give them what you want. Um, I'm thinking it's roughly going to be... The last brunch was uh, was 398 um, for the house package and 698 for their, their top, top package. But they're going to confirm the price uh, this week, and I'm actually going to the launch. I'm sorry, we are. Lucy is coming as well. Uh, we're going to the launch next Friday. So uh, after the uh, the prices sit, uh, I'll do a review and put it up on our our Instagram. Fantastic, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brunch is where you need to follow uh, the guys for uh, all the cool places to go in in the city. What's uh, on your menu this weekend, uh, AJ? 
Oh, so this weekend we've actually we're actually celebrating our engagement uh, brunch down, uh, oh gosh, at Marassi brunch uh, at the Indigo Hotel on Friday, um, and then Saturday maybe a bit of IKEA shopping again. Who knows? Sounds good. <laughs> uh, great to have you on the show as always, uh, AJ. And uh, once again, Mr. and Mrs. Brunch is who you need to follow if you want to check out some of those uh, deals.